It has stood the test of time. God's book, the Bible, still relevant in today's complex world. It is written, sharing messages of hope around the world. Salmon Arm, British Columbia is a beautiful city in the southern interior of the province. It is nestled on the shores of Shuswap Lake with a stunning view of Mount Bastion. It is a tourist destination in the summer. The beaches and recreational activities are an attraction for many. It's truly a gem of a place. In 1998, however, you wouldn't have wanted to find yourself in Salmon Arm. 1998 was one of the warmest and longest summers recorded in Canada. That summer of 1998, the Fly Hills near Salmon Arm were ignited by natural causes in this drought-like weather. The fire quickly became unmanageable and began moving toward Salmon Arm. The dense forest with plenty of fuel to burn gave a path for the flames toward the city. Despite efforts by the Ministry of Forests and the local firefighters, the flames couldn't be controlled. Many watched their own homes, their life work, go up in flames. Others watched on television and wondered when the disaster would finally stop. When it was all said and done, $10 million had been spent to attempt to extinguish the blaze. Over 6,000 hectares were burned. Over 40 buildings were destroyed. And more than 7,000 people had to be evacuated. Those burning flames of forest fires are almost impossible to imagine. It is almost impossible to imagine the heat and the destructive power. Flames like those seem to conjure up in the minds of many apocalyptic type images, vivid images of burning landscape. The book of Revelation tries to paint a vivid picture of those apocalyptic flames in Revelation chapter 14, verses 10 and 11, speaking of those who follow and worship the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 14. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. A little later in the book of Revelation, John further emphasizes that picture by speaking of the destruction of spiritual Babylon. Again, they said, Alleluia, her smoke rises up forever and ever. Those burning forests of Salmon Arm give us a stunning preview of the final fire, which will destroy the earth. And in asking the question, is heaven for real? We now turn and ask, is heaven for real? And just as millions prayed and hoped that the flames of Salmon Arm would stop, what about the fires of hell? 
What does it mean that the smoke ascends forever and ever? Is the final destruction of the wicked, timeless, ongoing, inferno and pain? To get a true picture, we open the Bible to study what it has to say about hell. As we have been studying over the past weeks, there is no doubt that heaven is a very real place and that each one of us wants to be a part of it. It is a place that Jesus has prepared for us and it is a place which he has made every provision for us to be there. But what about those who choose not to go to heaven? Through their actions, through their thoughts and deeds, what about those who don't want to be in heaven? Will they burn in torment forever and ever? We already know that they are not experiencing any pain right now. In the previous weeks, we have studied and seen that they are not anywhere right now, but sleeping in the grave. But what happens once Jesus comes again? Last week, we studied that when Jesus comes, the righteous, those who are ready for the return of Jesus, are made incorruptible. They're made perfect. Those who are dead are resurrected and given a new body. Those alive changed in an instant and we join Jesus in heaven for a thousand years or the millennium. Now, if you have missed any of the series of this program, Is Heaven for Real? You can go to our website to find the archives. It is written Canada.ca or to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash IIW Canada. There you will find the archives of this series along with many more materials to help you in your spiritual walk. So the wicked, the wicked who were dead will simply stay dead except for a select group. The book of Revelation tells us about the return of Jesus in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 and speaks of a few of the wicked who will actually see the return of Jesus. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. That select group are those directly responsible for the death of Christ. They will be resurrected to see the folly of their mistakes and their ways. And this is especially in light of the fact that they had been given so many opportunities to see and recognize who Jesus was. The wicked alive will be slain by the brightness of his coming and glory. And then all of the dead remain on the earth. Satan is bound here by the chains of circumstance for a thousand years so he can contemplate the results of his rebellion. Then what happens next? As the new Jerusalem descends from heaven to earth, the wicked are all raised. The Bible then tells us what happens in Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 to 10. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. 
the clear picture of hell is not some place out there in space. The lake of fire or hellfire is on this earth and Satan and the wicked are destroyed in it. This is called in the Bible, the second death. It's not somewhere out there, but the lake of fire will happen on this earth. Now I must pause here for just a moment. Friends, we are about to discover an amazing picture of God. Many have pictured God as this great tormentor who is out to get you. Picture of God that has been painted by the church is that God is up there somewhere and he's waiting for you to make that one mistake and zap, he can get you. This picture has been not painted in the Bible, but rather this picture has been painted by such things as Dante's Inferno through Greek mythology and through Egyptian false religion. This is not the picture that the Bible paints at all. In fact, why is there even a hellfire? The book of Matthew, chapter 25 and verse 41, make absolutely clear why hell, why hellfire even exists. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. My dear friends, hellfire was never prepared for human beings. It was prepared, as the text clearly says, for the devil and his angels. It was never intended for one human to ever be there. It was created to take care of the sin problem. It was created to take care of the author of sin, Satan. You see, God could not destroy Satan immediately when he rebelled because by doing so, he would have risked a universe that served him out of fear rather than love. But the Lord allowed Satan to run his full course so beings everywhere could see the true sinfulness of sin and the horrible nature of the devil's rebellion. So why is it that humans will be there? Because of the lake of fire is intended to end once and for all sin, rebellion, and Satan. Humans will end up in the lake of fire because they have so attached themselves to their sin and are so unwilling to let it go that they are burned up with their sin. How is it that hellfire works then? Hellfire is a one-time event that destroys sin, suffering, and pain. The devil and his angels, along with the wicked who cling to their sin, never to exist ever again. Hell is not a place, but it's an event. And the consequence of that event is permanent. The Bible doesn't describe some ever-burning place of torment where we will be able to see and hear the agony of the wicked. In fact, quite the opposite. Revelation chapter 21 describes the new heaven and the new earth. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. There is no sectioned off corner in the new heaven and the new earth for an ever-burning hell. Just the wonderful promise of a new heavens and a new earth. No death, no dying, no pain, no sorrow, no separation. Everything is made new. So how is it that you could have an ever-burning hell where people agonize in pain in the same place that you have the perfect harmony of heaven? Friends, the reality is you cannot. The fire of salmon arm consumed anything in its path. If you look at the before and after pictures of a forest fire, it is truly astonishing. Nothing is left. Nothing. Could it be that the fire of salmon arm might serve as a lesson on the lake of fire in the book of Revelation? What happens to those who are thrown into the lake of fire? How will they survive? Friends, typically the bigger the fire, the quicker the burn. If you want to torture someone for a long time, you need a very small flame, not a great lake of fire. Could the Bible be trying to tell us something by calling this lake of fire the second death? We need to allow the Bible to speak for itself on this subject of hell. Listen to what it says in Malachi chapter 4 and in verse 1. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. Malachi describes hellfire. Did you notice that it didn't speak of people burning eternally, roasting on some massive hellfire spit? No. It says that they were turned to stubble and they are burned up. The scripture is very clear here that number one, hell is in the future and the wicked will be burned on that day. It is not going on now in some central hotspot of the earth or the universe. And secondly, the wicked will be consumed, turned to ashes, and burned up completely. This is the consistent teaching of the scripture on this subject. Psalm 21 and verse 9. You shall make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath and the fire shall devour them. The fire devours them. But Isaiah is also clear. In Isaiah chapter 47 and verse 14. Behold, 
They shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. Stubble is the remnant of the fire. There is not pictured any ongoing burning here. Psalm 37 and verse 20. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. The Bible says the wicked will perish. They will be turned to stubble. But the question then is, why does Revelation speak of the smoke of their torment going up forever and ever? Is it possible that other verses might help us understand the subject more clearly? Here's one example in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And then in Hebrews 6, 2, it speaks of eternal judgment. Now, friends, Jesus died once for our sins. His great act of redemption took place at a specific time and at a specific place. And in addition, the final judgment is a specific time. Neither of these goes on forever and ever and ever. But the results are permanent. The results have everlasting consequences. And it is the same with hellfire. It has permanent and everlasting consequences. The book of Jude is even more explicit in explaining this idea to us. Jude, it is only a one chapter book, verse seven. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Sodom and Gomorrah are an example. What are they an example of? They are an example of what the destiny of the wicked will be. The clear testimony of Scripture is that Sodom and Gomorrah experienced the vengeance of eternal fire. Eternal fire? Now let me ask you a question. Have you seen on the news or read in a magazine or a newspaper or seen some YouTube video of some city in the locality of the Dead Sea that is now continually burning, never to be extinguished? Of course not. No such thing is going on. This would be major headlines. In fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 2 and verse 6, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. Friend, Jude says that Sodom and Gomorrah are an example of eternal fire. Then Peter says that they were turned to ashes. Peter goes on to say, that Sodom and Gomorrah's destruction and 
being turned into ashes is an example to the ungodly or to the wicked. Friends, the Bible is consistent throughout. It rejects Greek philosophy. It rejects Greek mythology and its ever-raging inferno. The Bible is consistently clear. Hellfire is eternal from the standpoint that its consequences are permanent or everlasting and everything thrown into the lake of fire will be turned to stubble or ashes. Paul is also quite clear on this subject in Philippians, the third chapter, and in verse 19. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction. The end of the wicked is not an ever-burning cycle of death. No, it is destruction. Literally in the Greek, that word destruction means to cease to exist or to be annihilated. The Bible is consistent in what happens to Satan and the wicked. It is the same picture over and over again. The wicked will simply cease to exist as in the lake of fire they are consumed fully. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 3 further emphasizes this point. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. Friends, the scripture is clear. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. This is the second death. Permanent separation from God because you no longer exist. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, these words which demonstrate that reality. Do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Destruction. This is what the lake of fire brings total and utter destruction to never exist again. Many of the texts that seem to allude to a place of everlasting, ongoing, continual punishment are merely metaphors used to describe the permanent nature of hellfire. Jesus on one occasion even used a parable to illustrate this reality. Mark chapter 9, verses 43 to 44 is one such passage. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where there the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Many people today point to this as evidence of an eternally burning hell. However, is that really what it means? Jesus is quoting a passage in Isaiah. There the prophet speaks of the fate of the wicked and uses those phrases, their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. But what is Isaiah referring to? 
Here is what precedes those two verses in Isaiah 66 and verse 24. And they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. What is Isaiah talking about here? Friends, he is talking about dead people. And while a bit morbid, this is a picture of worms, of of maggots consuming a dead body. The picture is of a corpse being totally consumed, totally destroyed. And then what about their fire is not quenched? Friends, what does it mean to have an unquenchable fire? It is a fire that cannot be put out. The prophet Jeremiah uses the same metaphor in describing the destruction of Jerusalem in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 27. Then I will kindle a fire in its gates and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem and it shall not be quenched. Jerusalem experienced unquenchable fire. Now let me ask you, is Jerusalem still on fire today? Now, eventually this prophecy was fulfilled and Jerusalem was destroyed and burned to the ground. Its destruction was permanent and unquenchable. The fire couldn't be put out until it had destroyed everything. Friends, we have spent a lot of time talking about hell and there are a few unanswered questions. We will deal with many of those questions in next week's program. Friends, God is going to every length possible to save you. You don't need to worry about hellfire because it wasn't even designed for you. It is the destiny of the devil and his angels. The open arms of Jesus is the destiny he has for you. Are you willing to let go of your sin? Are you willing to give it all to Jesus? Let's pray and give it all to Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, We come to you and we give all of our sin to you. Change us, transform us, and make us ready for when your son Jesus comes again. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Today's program may have stretched you a little bit in your biblical understanding. I would like to offer to you today a special edition of Signs of the Times, which delves into these texts even more deeply and helps you to understand the character of the loving God that we serve. To get today's offer, here's the information that you need. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. That's www.itiswrittencanada.ca and select the TV program tab. For Canadian viewers, the offer will be sent free and postage paid. For viewers outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Call any time. Lines are open 24 hours daily. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Or if you wish, you may write to us at It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H 7V4. And thank you for your prayer requests and your generous financial support. 
That's It Is Written, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H7V4. Friends, the love of God is so complete. He wants to save you. He wants to save me. He doesn't want us to have any part in the lake of fire. He wants us to give our hearts and lives to him completely. I hope you enjoyed today's program. I invite you to join us again next week. Until then, remember, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God.